Welcome to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Mike is one of the nation's top realtors and is highly regarded as an authority in residential real estate sales. Mike Bell has nothing to sell but great wisdom. You're going to love this show. Now, here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. I'm a licensed California broker, and I hang my license with Keller Williams International Realty in sunny Pasadena, California. I actually sell homes for a living. This is not my full-time job. And we're going to be with you for the next hour talking about title insurance, and I promise you it's not going to be boring. Well, this is a call-in show, and you can call us at 888-GO-FOR-IT. 888-GO-FOR-IT. That's 888-463-6748. And uh, my producer here is uh, waving to me. I'm not supposed to say the numbers like that. Let's give it again, 888-463-6748. You can also reach me on my personal cell phone anytime other than during the show, 888-401-1555, My email is mikebell at kw.com. My website is themikebellteam.com. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. You can Google me. You can find me pretty easy. I'm here with Eric Maurer. He is a vice president at Chicago Title. They are a nationwide title company, one of the largest. He's been in the title industry for 15 years. And he's been working in the Los Angeles area that whole time. And he's pretty much seen every, everything. And this is the guy that I go to for all my title needs. Hi, Eric. Hi, Mike. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. I know you're super busy. You've got a ton of business in your pipeline. You, Tons of realtors, the top realtors in our area, rely on you. And uh, I really appreciate your time. Thanks, Mike. That's... uh. It's a lot of pressure, but uh, thinking about that. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it, and I, I, I appreciate being your go-to guy too. Well, I look I look at you as an expert at this. Okay, I've been in the business for a long time. I've uh, w- there's a lot of title officers that come into my office asking for business. Um, I give you all my business, and there's a good reason for it. You know what you're doing. Uh, you've seen. Probably everything you could possibly see, and probably people are listening, thinking, "What could be? What could you possibly see that needs title insurance?" And we're going to get into all of that. But um, tell me, I, I'm just curious that we didn't get a chance to talk about this. But how many title policies are in your pipeline? How many how many properties are you overlooking right now that haven't closed yet, but that your company is is going to probably give a title policy of insurance on right now. Oh, my branch uh, out of Glendale for Los Angeles County residential title insurance. At any given time, we probably have, uh, you know, branch-wide three or 4,000 transactions. How about you? Personally, me, uh, I probably have that haven't closed or some stage of the escrow process right now. Uh, 250 or so. Oh, my gosh. And how about in your career? Oh, career-wise, the last 15 years, you know, I, I haven't really kept track of that number, but if I had to guess, I'd say thousands, the, the number being the, the, the thousands. Okay, so you know what you're, you're talking about. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about Chicago Title. Chicago Title. Uh, Chicago Title is... Uh, Probably, uh, it is the oldest company, uh, title insurance company in existence. We've been around for 150 years. I, I haven't been around for that long, but, but they have. Uh, we insure in 48 out of 50 states, and, and title insurance is our business. So Chicago Title only does title insurance, and we do everything. We do residential, commercial, small projects. We'll, we do the small single-family home. We do the multi-billion dollar commercial project. We do refinance finance transactions. Anything title-related, Chicago has the uh, experience to, to handle. Now, you're an insurance company, basically. Do you, have to have a real, uh, do you have to have an insurance license to do this? We, um, title company, Chicago Title in particular, we are uh, Registered, we are under the guidance of the Department of Insurance for within each state that we operate, um, and we are basically overseen by the Department of Insurance. 
you're the perfect person to discuss this topic. So let's roll right into it. Eric, everybody asked me the same question. What is title insurance? What is this charge on our closing statement? Why do I need to have title insurance? What, what is this? What does this mean? Well, that's 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 a valid question. It's uh, <clears throat> not the largest uh, fee on the closing statement, but it is a fee that shows up as a line item. Um, what title insurance essentially does, uh, to put it simply, is guarantees that the buyer of the property, the new owner, has what we call marketable title, meaning free mm-hmm. and clear title that no other entity has an interest in their new home, that nobody can come back at a later time and say, hey, this is my property, give it back, or you don't own this, or I, you owe me money, I'm going to take your property. Well, in our contracts that we use in California, it says that the seller is selling it to this buyer, and the seller is saying that they actually own the property. But the only way to make sure that really happens is we work with a title company, just like you guys, that ensures the title, make sure that that is actually what's happening. Here's the example I like to use um, that makes it simple is that uh, you as a buyer are going to pay, mm-hmm. say, $500,000 for a property. And let's say you're going to pay cash for that property. Okay. You're going to enter a contract with the seller saying, here's $500,000. They're going to say, okay, here's the house. What mm-hmm. is, What insurance do you have that says that you're not going to inherit any liens against that property, that that person is truly the rightful owner who can legally sell you the property. What 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 do you have except for title insurance that guarantees that? And you guys do all that work, and you're insured. We do the work. And, and uh, maybe this is a good time to talk a little bit about the difference between casualty insurance, like your homeowner or your, your Allstate, your State Farm, your, your car insurance, sure. your medical insurance, or your uh, title insurance. Uh, what we do is your casualty insurance is you're, you're kind of looking ahead and you're paying for something that you hope doesn't happen in the future, needing medical attention, you get into an accident with your car. Mm-hmm. Title insurance, we're kind of looking at historically. We're looking at a property's history to see if there's anything that would prevent the sale or transfer of that property to a new buyer. So how far back do you go? Theoretically, to the... Beginning of time for that property. So in, in California, we go back to the old Spanish rancho days of the 17 and 1800s. Those are kind of interesting searches. Uh, title insurance can be kind of sexy, kind of fun. It's very complicated, too, if you really look into it. Did you it. just say sexy? Uh, yeah, I, I try right. to put that in with title insurance. You've got, you got a high bar, buddy. Uh, and we this, have another 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. Uh, but but that's that's theoretically we go back uh, to the beginning of when a property was subdivided. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to just put it simple, Mike, what I do, I insure dirt. I'm a dirt insurer. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you look at it that way, you're not insuring really the house. No, that is true. I'm insuring the dirt. The house goes along and, and adds value to the dirt. But um, uh, you, uh, I can tell you a funny story about that. I was on the freeway once several years ago, and I saw a license plate on a car. I'm not going to say what kind of car it was, but it was a it's a nice car. And I, I looked at the license plate, and it was a personalized plate. Of course, we're here in California. Yeah. Every other plate is. And it said, uh, dirt insurance. Dirt insurance. Mm-hmm. And I knew that person worked for a title company because yeah. that's essentially what we do is insure dirt. Uh, but to answer your question of how far back we go, uh, theoretically back to when that property was created. Um, and the reality is, though, we go back to the, to the point of last, um, uh, last point of insurance with a reputable title insurance company. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me say that again. Last point of insurance with a reputable title insurance company, such as Chicago Title. Gotcha. So you look backwards on the history of a property, and you ensure it that for the new buyer that there are no weird claims or um, somebody trying to you know grab the property. Like, Somebody's saying that they they were hoodwinked out of the property and they just decided 20 years later to resurface and there was a a fraudulent deed or a forged signature that happened years and years ago. You're you're looking back and you're placing a title insurance, you're placing a policy of title insurance on the property. How long does the insurance last? The insurance will last uh, for as long as you say you're the buyer mm-hmm. or the owner of the property, as long as you or your heirs own the property. So there's a it's 
it stays as for as long as uh, you own the property and for as long as Chicago titles are on. Like I said, we've been around for 150 years, so it'll continue to be enforced. So it's a one-time fee. So when I get casualty insurance, I had to pay every year a premium, that, and it continues to, you know, I, then as, as long as I pay the premium, I get insurance. Um, what you're saying, there's a difference. How, how does that work? That's another. That's a difference between title insurance and casualty insurance. Is that the whole idea of the premium? When you see that amount on your closing statement for title insurance for your owner's policy of title insurance, and we can talk a little bit later about the different types of policies. Yep. That uh, that fee that is your one-time premium. So that is good for as long as you, like I said, own the property, or, or if you hand that property down to your to your children, uh, the same policy will be in effect from Chicago Title. What? I'm just curious how much that costs. Say, say for example, I want to buy a house for, I don't know, $250,000. I want to throw out some other numbers too, but say I bought a house for about $250,000. What would it normally, what would it cost? I know that you can't quote rates around the, for every, you know, state, but generally what would it cost here in California well, or here, LA County? Here, here, specifically here in LA County, because rates are different, uh, nationally, they're going to have different amounts and, and what we do is base our premium on the sales price of the house. That's why you mentioned the sales price being $250,000. That's what we base our premium on because that's what we're going to be insuring for that amount. Um, for that fee, uh, and, and it's $1,012 here in uh, Los Angeles County for an owner's policy of title insurance, which there's a section on your purchase contract, which you're well aware of, that, mm-hmm. that indicates policy of title insurance and what type of insurance is going to be offered. And um, that for that amount, it's $1,012. And we could talk about this. For $250,000, it's going to cost you a little over 1000 bucks to insure it for the rest of your life as long as you own that property. Right. And that fee, too, if we look at the standard contract, of course, it's going to be that fee is actually paid by the seller for well, your benefit as a buyer. Yeah, it depends on, I think, every state and what it gets negotiated because everything's negotiable. But generally in our area, at least, it is something that the seller pays. Now, what if I was buying a house? I mean, there's really no houses out here in this area for 250000 but the average price where I'm at here is probably closer to six, maybe, let's say $750,000. How much would it cost? For seven hundred and fifty thousand, I'm just kind of curious. Two fifty is a little over a thousand bucks. How much is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars worth of insurance? Uh, seven fifty. Uh, just let me consult with my uh, handy rate chart that I always carry with me wherever I go. Numbers. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, seven fifty. We just read across the column here, and that uh, the the coverage for that amount of coverage goes up to only uh, uh, nineteen forty four. One thousand nine hundred forty four dollars. So a little bit over nine hundred dollars more will get you another. Half a million dollars worth of coverage. Okay, I have it in perspective here. Not too bad. Uh, it's a good value, in my opinion. So, a little bit more about, is title insurance uh, required? No, uh, unless, let me put in one caveat, uh, unless you're getting a loan to go along with the property. Um, but if you were to buy a property all cash, you there's no requirement for title insurance Uh in my years of experience, I've never heard of a transaction where somebody entered into a transaction without title insurance. Uh, I don't think that would be wise, but there's no requirement that uh, someone have title insurance, unless you're getting a loan on a property. Well, generally, if you're getting a loan on a property, the lender wants to see title insurance. They want to make sure that, you're, that their loan is actually insured. So let's talk about that. You have an, what's called an owner's policy of title insurance, which insures the new owner when they buy the property, that there's not going to be any weird liens or anything like that or easements that are not disclosed. And then you have a lender's policy. How does that work? The lender's policy goes along um, with the property. It's a second insurance. It's called the, it's an ELTA policy here. It's uh, an ELTA lender's policy is what we call it in-house. And that guarantees uh, the, the bank, the lender, that they are in first position. Uh, on the loan, meaning that they, they're, they're, there's what we call priority, first deed of trust, second deed of trust, uh, other liens. The lender, when they loan on a property, they're going to be in first position, which essentially means that they're, if there's the need for a foreclosure, there's no one in front of them. They can be the foreclosing lender and get the property back because that is essentially their collateral for the loan. Sure. And I'm, I'm sure when they're, when they decide to sell these loans off and they collateralize and all these other things, there's, they need to be able to tell the investors that there's a, uh, that they actually are a first position deed of trust or a first 
position mortgage on the property. So that's the way they do it. Exactly. That's, exactly. That's that's right. key when they're when they're selling the property when they're. Um, Gotcha. Well, we're going into the first commercial. Thank you, Eric. We're here with Eric Maurer with Chicago Title. And we're going to go for a little break here. We'll be right back on the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Thank you. Now, back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back. You're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Eric Maurer, a vice president at Chicago Title, the largest, is it the largest? Largest title company in the nation? Largest and uh, oldest. Largest and oldest. Okay. Okay. Let's talk about the process of how title insurance plays into a transaction if you're selling a house. If When I'm representing a seller of a house, they'll interview me, and they'll, if, they, uh, if we're lucky enough to work with each other, I do what's called I open a prelim. And what opening a prelim is, I call you, Eric, and I tell him I have this property at 123 Main Street. And if you could please pull put together a preliminary report. A preliminary report is essentially it's tell what's a preliminary report. Let me jump right in there and describe what our preliminary report is. It is uh, it's our commitment to insure the property. So what we do, it's our historical search. We have a crew of searchers and examiners that go mm-hmm. dig into the county records. And what we're looking for, we're looking at recorded documents. So it's very key that I, I point out that what we're insuring are matters of public record, documents that have been recorded in the county of where the property is located. Well, how else are you going to know about it? Well, good point. Uh, you know, we, we don't we don't cover things if uh, they haven't been recorded because, as you said, we're not going to know about it. So it's, it's got to be made uh of record. So what we have is a, a crew that go in and, and pull the records on a property, examine those records to see how they affect ownership of the property, and look for documents, uh, and then put it together in a report form. The, re- um, the report I get is nice. I, it, it, it explains, it says right at the top, it says preliminary report, Chicago title, has your name, the title officer's number. The next page is usually the legal description for the property, so we know what we're actually talking about. Maybe it'll pa- have the parcel number on there, too. And then it'll explain who the vesting is in, the ownership. And then it'll also explain what kind of liens are on it, what kind of easements are on there, um, and also the loans that are on there. Mm-hmm. And what what you're looking at is what we break our, our preliminary report down into is called a Schedule A and a Schedule B. Schedule A is just what you described. It's the legal description of the property, and it's the current vested owner. Who are the entities or who are the people who are selling the property? Because those are the individuals that are going to need to sign in our state a grant deed granting the property to the new buyer. Second is the Schedule B. And actually, those are the matters that we are not going to cover. So Schedule A are really our exceptions to coverage. Mm -hmm. Property taxes, we don't cover property taxes. We're going to make sure that those are satisfied at the close of escrow so they're paid up to date. uh, Prorated, yeah. Prorated, paid up to date date, because we're not going to cover property taxes. Also, you mentioned easements mm-hmm. that are reported. Uh, What's well, an easement? Easement is uh, where someone else has a right to access your property. Most commonly, you'd see easements uh, granted to utility companies. If you look in your backyard, you may see a, a pole back there that carries your telephone, your electricity. Um, well, the phone company has an easement that basically says that they have the right to go in your backyard and service that pole. Or, you know, they, they don't have to necessarily get your permission that's right. to do that. So, and that's... It's people freak out when they hear that, but it's it's the way it is in every neighborhood. And there's a re- usually, <laughs> usually, and yeah. then we're going to speak in generality. Yeah. Usually, that's the way it goes. And somebody can, uh, and every property has an easement, whether you may be aware of it or not. For the utility, you'll look on it, and that's what we do. We'll re- we'll report out those easements. So as a buyer, you are going to take that property subject to that easement, meaning you know it's there, it's been disclosed, it's recorded, we've disclosed it in our preliminary report, so you're accepting that easement as is. Well, if you're working with a good realtor, if you're working with a realtor, first of all, but if you're working with a a good realtor and you're using an escrow company or or a closing attorney, generally this is something you should be given as a disclosure if you're a buyer and you're allowed, you're usually... 
you're usually required to accept it or approve it or look at it. I mean, you usually have to sign off saying, I understand what I'm buying. Well, that's part of your, uh, what do we call them, contingencies, right? Yes, usually. Usually it's part of your contingencies. That that need to be in place within whatever, what's the standard contingency period that you, you have? No, there's no standard really, but it's... You know, in this crazy market right now, people are writing offers with very short contingency periods. Which, um, is, which is causing actually a, a, a us to work extra fast because as we're part of those contingencies. We're, we're, we're experiencing a higher volume of preliminary reports and insurance business, so we have to get those product, that product, our preliminary report out quicker. That's why I call you actually on the pretty much the day that I sign a listing contract with somebody. You're the first person I call because I know there's a lot of work involved and putting these reports together, they can take as quickly as a few days to a few weeks to actually process it. It depends on how long the property has been in the same ownership. And it depends on a lot of things. Uh, complexity of the search, too. You get into some other areas that have uh, what we call meets and bounds descriptions that are more complicated legals, ranchos I talked about, going historical. Uh, you've got to look under a lot of different rocks to find all the recorded documents pertaining to a particular property. So it does take time, and not every property is the same. Some do take longer, but we do our best to get them out as quick as possible. And then you email me this report in a PDF format, and usually you know, you always review it for me and just kind of give me an idea of what I may, maybe need to uh, watch out for or consider. But then also it says right out there on the, t- on the first page, the buyer... Uh, there's a phone number for the, what's called the title officer, which really is the uh, at the end of the day they kind of like the uh, I don't know the actuary. I don't know what you want to call it, but the the main guy at the title plant that's putting their stamp on it. They can call that person, could, can't they, and ask them questions if they want? Sure, uh, they can call. You know, you can always call a buyer. The seller can call the title company on the on the front page of the term, preliminary report. Sorry, they can call their own real estate attorney too if they want. This is something that real estate attorneys. I, I don't have. You know, there's a major question but you can always rely you know first stage if you have a question on the prelim call mm-hmm. the title company directly because we are the experts and we can address the questions uh from there on out uh you know i we our relationship between you and i mike you know you know you can call me i'm I, i'm your eyes i look at the reports i can point out the issues because it's a you know, they're, they're 20 page document and uh i'm the expert i know what to look for so there's some issues that are going to prevent you from Selling a house or documents that you're going to need to to get a hold of, maybe trust, probate type of sale, that you're going to need additional documents. I can kind of give you a heads up on that, and we can get those documents in order to so we don't hold up the transaction at any point. So as a buyer, you have an opportunity to take a look at everything, and then you close escrow or you, you close the transaction. And then you get a policy. How does it work? You get a policy. Well, let's let's go back and stress how important it is for our audience out there that they should be reviewing the preliminary report and they should actually be looking at themselves because they are accepting it. They're accepting the terms. That Schedule B, our exceptions to coverage, means that as a buyer, you're going to accept those terms. Mm-hmm. So we talked about easements. There, there's something else that shows up called a, uh, it doesn't a get wiped. It doesn't get wiped away, right? That's what you're saying. You're, you're accepting it. So... Because it, the telephone company may have an easement and be able to go in your backyard. Just because you're selling the property and you're getting title insurance doesn't mean they can't go in your property again. That easement stays with the property. It runs with the land, as we it say. It runs with the land, as we say. Mm-hmm. And there's, can we talk about CCNRs briefly? Not, that's, yeah, that's, absolutely. That's kind of key is uh, CCNR, a covenant condition restriction, because that may prevent you uh, from using an, the property in a way you want to. Um, if there's, a, if there's a restriction on what you can do to the property, you may have plans on building a second story. But if there's a restriction that's been recorded against the property that prevents a second story, that's going to change your plan. So that's kind of key that you look at that. And there, there's a misconception out there I've run into that CCNRs are only against condominiums. It's not. It is not the case. We, we have plenty of single-family homes in our area that have restrictions. A lot of them may be outdated and in violation of certain laws now, but a lot of them are just what you can do, how you can paint a property, what you can construct, how mm-hmm. high you can go. Mm-hmm. So if you see a CCNR in, in your preliminary title report, we'll reference a document. We won't explain it, but we'll reference the document that will explain it. So if, you, if anyone has a question about their preliminary report and what the items are, you can also request what we call an underlying document, and that's the document that's actually the copy of the recorded document that explains what the easement is or explains the CCNR. So you can often find those available as well. 
A lot of realtors don't know that. It's too bad. I've asked for that when I'm representing a buyer, and most of the time they go, what? I don't what does that mean? What is that? Yeah. Well, that's too bad, but that's another topic. And our um, our preliminary report, we're kind of unique in the industry that uh, ours are, are we're, you know, we may be 150 years old, but we're, we're keeping up with the times and we have uh, hyperlinks to the underlying documents. So actually, that emailed preliminary report will have links within the document, within the Schedule B that you can simply click on pulls up a copy of that underlying document, that easement for that CCNR. Make it's a hyperlink PDF. It's very, very... We're high-tech at Chicago. Chicago. That's all. It's pretty high-tech. So once you close escrow, then you actually get a policy mailed to you, I don't know, a few few weeks, How? and it says, here's your insurance policy. Essentially, that's what happens after the close of escrow. Uh, you know, but four to six weeks, four to eight weeks after, you're going to get a, the, the owner of the property is going to get a, an envelope from Chicago Title. It's going to have contain their title policy. Same thing if you get life insurance, right? You get That's that. what they did with me. You get your life insurance policy. You get your title policy. So what do you do with that piece of paper that comes in the mail? What's you, your advice? My advice is to... <laughs> <laughs> this is something that mo- I bet you anything, 99% of the realtors don't even know. Me? I, I have it in my safe deposit yes. box. But that's just because I, I know how important that document is. Because if it gets destroyed... What yeah. proof do you have you have title insurance? There you that, go. You know, hey, prove Thank it. Thank you. Right? That's very, very important. I tell all my clients they should do that. They should absolutely hold on to that. It's easy to forget. I mean, it's not really something that people are wondering, are, are, that they remember, oh, yeah, I bought this house from so-and-so and da-da-da-da-da, but who's the title company? Right. Especially because, you know, that policy is good for as long as you own the property. If, if there's no issues, five, ten years, and then suddenly, suddenly a challenge to your ownership comes down the road 15 years, you may not remember. You don't, who's a title, what do I need? So if you have that title insurance policy with all your other important documents, you'll, so, you'll refer to it. So get, so, okay, so you're, you're at your house, you just bought your house, you've had your house for, say, 10 years, okay? And somebody knocks on your door. Guy says, I just got out of jail. This was my house 30 years ago. I've been in jail for 30 years. Um, well, I want to go to that story in a second, but we have two callers. Our first caller, uh, we have Elena. Elena, can you hear me? Yes, my name is Elena, and I'm from San Gabriel. Hi, Elena. How are you? Thank you for calling the show. I have a, a, a question. My mother-in-law right now is very elderly, and she gets sick quite often. She's vested on title as a widow because uh, her husband or my my father-in-law had already previously passed away. Mm-hmm. Would it be um, would it behoove the family to have her transfer the property to all her children right now before anything else happens? Well, I think it depends. That's a question for you, maybe, Eric. I think it. Hi, Elena. Thanks for calling. Hi. That's a that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I I hope this doesn't happen, but uh, you know, if currently as title is vested, if she if she were to pass away, then you'd be faced with a probate. Um, which would mean that the court would have to be involved in the uh, the liquidation or the sale of the property. Now, you mentioned transferring to the children, which is a, is a simple idea as well. That's a, that would be very wise, or uh, perhaps the forming a trust. Or if she does have a trust, transferring the property into the trust would be wise as well. Now, I'm not going to say I'm, I'm not an attorney. You all would want to consult with a. A real estate attorney, because your situation might be specific, but... Uh, or an estate attorney. An estate attorney. Those are some of the things that you may want to uh, entertain doing in your situation. Okay. Thank you. My, my mother-in-law, I mean, they're not rich people, so we really didn't want to have to hire an attorney. So we kind of wanted to get some feedback as to whether or not this would be the correct way of getting her off title should she die. Well, yeah. Yeah, but uh, some things you have screw it up. It's going to be more expensive than the first hiring the attorney. Mm, Okay, or doing it right the first time. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, We're going to do a second caller after the break, so we're going to wrap up now. Hey, well, you're on the Michael Real Estate Show. Thanks for listening. We're here with Eric Maurer with Chicago Title Insurance. We're talking about title insurance, and we have a lot to talk about. This is going pretty quick. We have a lot to cover. Be right back. Let's get back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. 
Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We're here with Eric Maurer with Chicago Title, and we're going to go right to our second caller, Ralph. Hey, Mike. Hey, I heard about your show from a friend. I've I got a question. I'm refinancing right now. I bought yeah. a house in uh, Temple City in 2010. The rates are great. I qualify. They want me to buy title insurance. Well, what does that mean? I've got my <laughs> this own, is a question you must get all life. the time. I, yeah, I've got my own life insurance. I mean, it's going to pay my wife a half a million dollars if I die. should be able to take care of the mortgage with that. Why does the bank <laughs> want me to buy title insurance? Hey, Ralph, uh, thanks for calling. That's a great question. This is Eric with Chicago Title. Uh, this is a this is a question you get all the time. All the time. I, I can't even count the number of times I get this question. Uh, what? And you said you just purchased the property. It's it's only uh, been two years, right? Two thousand ten. Yeah, you just bought the, yeah. bought the property. Why does the lender need this? Well, you know why the lender's asking you for that policy. What they what they really want is. But they already had insurance. He already got insurance when he bought the property. Well, you had owner's title insurance, and if you had a loan when you originally bought the property, you may have paid for a lender's policy because, as the buyer, uh, standard practices that you would pay for a lender's policy of title insurance guaranteed that that lender has priority. Meaning so the lender wants him to pay for insurance to insure their position. Exactly. That's what the lender's policy does. Now, you just did this two years ago. Why do I need to do it again? Well, you know, Ralph, I, I, I don't, well, I'm going to say hypothetically somebody else, not you, could accrue liens, maybe, uh, child support liens. Maybe the IRS levied a lien against an, a person who was in your situation. Um, maybe there's a second deed of trust. You borrowed money or somebody borrowed money in those last two years. Uh, and they're used the home as collateral in a, in a second position. The lender wants to know that because now if there's a second loan against the property between the time you bought it in 2010 and now, that lender, the new lender, would actually be in second position and not first position, and your new lender wants to be first because they, they want to have priority. So these are the reasons why your lender is requiring title insurance on but, refinance. But it's going to be cheaper because... It's they're they're not insuring ownership. They're insuring the position of the loan. So we were talking about a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar purchase would cost almost two thousand dollars for insurance. Um, if you're getting a seven hundred fifty thousand dollar loan on the property, it's going to be cheaper be, uh, with the lender's policy. Right? Yeah, lender's policy is traditionally because the search isn't as great, isn't as, as extensive, and we're not offering the same coverage as an owner's policy. Uh, it is less expensive, and just an example, 750 for a lender's policy would. Uh, I don't have my refinance rate chart in front of me, but I'm going to ballpark and say it should be about 625 dollars for the lender's policy title insurance, as opposed to 1900 dollars for the owner's policy. Oh, that's quite a bit cheaper. Thank you, Ralph. Did that answer your question? Yeah, it sure does. So basically, it's just the cost of the loan. I mean, it, but they're just telling me the truth. It's yeah. insurance. Yes, All that's right, thank correct. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks, Thanks. for calling. So, um, thank you for your calls. I hope we get some more. Okay, so somebody knocks on your door. You've 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 you bought a house. The regular real estate agent. You have a regular house, and somebody knocks on your door ten years later after you've bought it, and says, "This is my house. Um, I've been in jail for thirty years. This was my house. I want my house." Okay. What do you do? That, you know, How do you guys? What do you do? What? What? That's a. That's I know it's a, a totally drastic story, but well, I'm know, sure. I'm sure this has happened. It hasn't happened to me, but I'm sure it's it's plausible. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 plausible, and that's a good example of why you need title insurance because if you have this person coming up to your door claiming that they own the house, well, first of all, you're not going to let them in, of course. Um, <laughs> second, um, it'd be you would probably what would happen? I would expect is. This person would get an attorney to be some sort of legal action to for them to claim ownership of the property. And now, since you know where your title insurance policy is, you go to your safe deposit box, yep. right, Mike? Because yep. that's where that's you right. keep yours. Because mm-hmm. I, I still don't I don't remember who it was. And well, yours is with Chicago, my, of course. I've owned my house for eleven years. It, it probably is with Chicago. Probably. <laughs> chances are, you know, the the chances are percentage wise, you know, if we play the odds, the odds are pretty good. It is with Chicago. So I grab my policy. And what do I do? You, right in the form, there's a uh, there's a uh, 
a policy. There's <laughs> instruction, sorry, for filing a claim. Okay. And actually, now it's really easy for us. There's, it's simply a web. It's just a. It's a. Uh, it's an email. You can initiate a claim simply by sending an email. So there's a guy at my front door. He says it's his house. It's his house, and I'm going to send you an email. You could say you could pull out your <laughs> smartphone right there and start typing out an email to the Chicago Title Claims Department and uh, initiate a claim. They'll get back to you with a with an adjuster. With a, they'd assign your claim. You'd have a person that you could be in contact with. And what would happen really is that when there is a claim. The title company works in your defense. So if there is a legal action, they will have attorneys represent you. So they, they go to bat for you. They're, they actually, to save you the cost of legal representation, this policy actually is, is your legal representation to defend any claim against your title. In this case, this person come to your door saying that they own it. You call, we'll say Chicago title, and they will defend you in any action that's necessary. Now, there may be a settlement. Uh, maybe it wasn't rightfully so. Maybe he just thinks it is, but, you know, the title company will prove in court, if necessary, that this person has no valid claim, mm-hmm. I'm telling you. Or if they do, they can settle with this person. But either way, you're protected. The title company will represent you. Now, let's talk about, I'm just going to go in here and talk about that. You want to make sure that you have a title policy from a company that, has been around and will be around. Can we talk a little bit about what's happened in the last oh, few years? Actually, it's one of my questions here. I was going to ask you about title companies that are go out of business because we had a there was a large one that went out of business so four or five years ago, and it was just nerve wracking for a lot of people. But tell me about that. Tell me about companies that go out of business. Yeah, and actually, I'm not, we're not what going happens? to mention names about no. those companies, but uh, that company was acquired by my company. That went out of business. That we're, I think, we're both talking about. Mm-hmm. Who will remain nameless? Was nameless was re- acquired by our company when they uh, went out of business. Um, so it's important that you have a policy from a, a reputable company. That's why I mentioned reputable uh, a company that's been around, yeah. it will be around, has the claims paying ability to pay claims. I can't tell you the uh, last few years have been kind of crazy for our industry. The amount of money that we've spent paying claims. Um, just in Los Angeles County alone, uh, 2011, I think my company paid something in the order of $20 million in wow. title claims. And they can afford, I mean, they can afford, but they have, they can. Well, we have cash reserves, and that's really important. That's that's key. So if, if, if you're a real estate agent, uh, you know, for the, you uh, buyers out there or sellers out there, um, you know, your real estate agent may suggest a, a title company. And some questions to ask are, who is the company and how, what's their claims paying ability? You know, are they going to be around in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years if I need them? And how much money do they have in reserves to pay claims? We have over a billion dollars just in cash reserves sitting aside to pay claims. So there's really no worry um, for us to be remain solvent to pay these type of claims. Now, in terms of a owner's policy, a title insurance, when you when you buy a property and you're going to get an insurance policy on them to make sure that you're you're insured that you actually have. You're the owner, but there's something called an ALTA policy and a CLTA policy. Give us the basics. We don't have that much time, but give me the basics of uh, what, what's covered. On the owner's policy, um, you know, the the standard, there's the, back in 1998, we'll go back in time, yeah. um, we created a policy called the, the CLTA homeowner's policy of title insurance. Again, we're speaking, I'm speaking about California and what we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that afforded an owner, uh, there are actually 41 points of coverage. I mean, I, we'll talk about a couple of those, but there are 41. Now, prior to that, our standard ELTA policy uh, of title insurance had only eight. All right, it's pretty basic, uh, not a lot of coverages, but we expanded it in 1998. Uh, some of the things that were covered were uh, really important are trusts, something as simple as if you bought the house as an individual uh, with, and you wanted to change it into your trust, transfer the property into a, a Basic trust. estate planning. Yeah, basic estate planning. You'd still, the, the CLTA homeowner's policy is still in effect. You still have the same title insurance if you made that kind of transfer. Mm-hmm. Prior to 1998, you wouldn't. You would actually void the policy. So you wouldn't have the policy coverage. So let me get this straight. Let me get, let me understand this correctly. If you own a property right now in California and you bought it prior to 1998 and 
in your name, and then you transferred ownership into your trust. Which say uh, say I bought it as Mike Bell, and then I transferred it in the name of the Mike Bell Trust. And so I'm still the trustee. I'm the controller of the trust. I'm the only name on the trust. But it is a different ownership entity. Do I still have coverage? Uh, chances are no. That would void your policy. And that's the way it is with all the title companies. Uh, yeah, well, we, as far as we know. As far as we know. Yeah. Uh, the, well, you know, and our policies are, are standardized. So that's a good point. That every company, because we, when I talk about CLTA, when I, when I put that acronym out there, what it really mm-hmm. means is California Land Title Association. When I say ALTA or ELTA, that's the American Land Title Association. Mm-hmm. Those are, um, the groups of all title companies. So what we've done, so there's some standardization in the industry. Every policy is going to be the same. Your coverages are going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Whether it's so, there's no one has to read between the lines and, and find out. Well, is this covered? Is that covered? It's sure. just known. If we call it this, it's covered. Gotcha. So that standardizes. The difference is um, the the company that backs that policy. So prior to 1998, as you said, there was no um, accommodation for a trust transfer. That wasn't part. You'd need a special endorsement. So what would happen if you had that policy before 1998 and you transferred it to your trust, what you'd have to do is go back to the title company and get an endorsement or extra coverage, essentially paying a fee so you your policy's in effect. Now our new CLTA policy, well, not new, since 1998, if you were to have that policy and then automatically you're covered without any additional payment or premium or endorsement. So there's an, it affords that coverage. Does that make sense? That's good information. That's very, very good information. I appreciate that. That's something that most people don't know. Well, we're going to go into our last break. Thank you very much, Eric. We're here with Eric Maurer with Chicago Title. We're talking about title insurance. And um, you're listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. Welcome back to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show on TalkZone.com. Here's Mike Bell. Welcome back to the show. We're here with Eric Maurer with Chicago Title, and we're talking about title insurance. We have a lot to cover, and it's still we just have this is our last segment. So let's talk about getting title insurance. Can you get a title if you get if you do a um, if somebody's selling their house without a real estate agent and you're the buyer, can you get still get title insurance? Oh, absolutely. You can get title insurance. Uh, but here's the thing. You may not know if you're not working with a professional realtor. You may not know to get title insurance. Um, if you just want to create a kind of a handshake deal like the good old days and you buy your neighbor's house kind of as a for sale by owner and you, you just they write a check uh, and, you know, you pay them cash and they give you a deed. You may not know to get title insurance, but the thing to remember is uh, – you know, you're inheriting any issues that property has. So um, although it's not necessary to, to, you know, get title insurance, you don't have to, you don't have to have it. There's uh, no law that you have to have it, but it's something my that, brokerage requires it. <laughs> well, and if you get a loan on a property, the lender's going to require it, but there's no law that says you have to have it. But uh, a lot of people need to know that it's it's an important part of a real estate transaction because your your guarantee essentially, that uh, you're going to have clear title on a property. Uh, short sales. Can you get title insurance on a short sale? Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, you know, short sales are a little bit different because of the nature that they are, you know, you're selling the property short or or for less than what's owed on the property. Uh you know, you talked about uh, getting a pre-limit listing, uh, which is, I think, a very smart thing to do so we can get a jump on things when, with any of your listings. Uh, and a short sale, that's even more important because uh, maybe we talk about a little about the SI, too, the Statement of Information. A uh, seller may have other liens or judgments against them personally that need to be negotiated. Uh, as part of the short sale. So you're just kind of adding to the process. And yeah, when we start the process, actually there's a, a questionnaire that the title company gives to the seller and it asks them what are your what aliases, what 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 are your um, um, before you got married, what were your what was your last name, what's your middle name, your social security number, uh, where did you live before? Because they're you know they've they've they're insuring the property but they're also insuring who the owner really was and trans I mean they're 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 insuring all of that's you know they 
They're looking for a track record. That's called a statement of information. That's standard. And that, that statement of information is what we're looking at. We're, we're looking at liens against the, uh, the seller. Uh, and not just the property. Title insurance is again, uh, for the property. We're insuring the, the title of the property that, that the, the seller, the previous owner is a part of that as well. Um, because, uh, what you'd find mostly recorded against a property that's going to create issues are loans, existing loans on a property, or mechanics liens, which are is for work that has been done by a contractor or a subcontractor that's mm-hmm. done work, and if they weren't paid, they'd file what's called a mechanics lien. Other liens or judgments are all recorded against the individual. Uh, like what? Lawsuits? IRS. Lawsuits, IRS are going to be recorded against an individual. Palimony, uh, palimony. All that goes against the person because by the nature of recording those liens against the individual, they automatically attach to any real property that that person owns. So that means the creditor will get paid if a person sells any of their property. Because just think of it. If, How do you guys know about all that, though? Do you, you're tied to the court system? Uh, we have ways, Mike. I'm we leading, have ways of I'm, finding out. I'm leading you. Uh, I can't give you the secret information, <laughs> okay? Because it's part of the magic of title. But we we take this SI, and if you told me, you'd have to kill me. You know, we have uh, over 10 million people in the Los Angeles area. Just think, there are people who share a common name. Sure. We want to make sure. I look at it as we want to make sure that the person with the liens isn't confused with our seller, mm-hmm. right? And that's why we need full names, previous names, aliases. Uh, and importantly, driver's license information, social security numbers. I've had to talk personally to sellers because in this age of identity theft or fear of identity theft, when they get a form that requires all this personal information for title insurance, which they're not sure what they're paying for anyway, why do you need this? Um, Countlessly, a lot of the questions I get are, why do you need my social security number? Um, So I explain in those terms of why, and we'll get the information that we just find. There's always always tax sales going on in e- everywhere in the United States. Um, I've always cautioned my clients from going to these tax sales. They're kind of treated like auctions and buying property. I always tell them, talk to a title officer, talk to a real estate attorney. You'd be very careful about tax sales. Tell me why. Tax sales seem like... Great deals, okay? Um, if in, in our county here, if you haven't paid your property taxes for five years, then the property goes to auction, and you can presumably pick up a really good deal inexpensively. But something to keep in mind, you're not going to be able to get title insurance on that property. When you sell it. When you sell it. So or if you're buy not, it, right? Well, when you buy it, which means when you buy it, you're not going to get title insurance. And when you sell it, no one's going to, no title company out there that I know of, especially us at Chicago, is going to insure that property for at least five years. So if you're planning on picking up a property at a tax sale and flipping it, um, you may want to think twice about that or find out first if you're going to be able to sell that property with an owner's policy of title insurance. Because chances are, at least in our area here in Los Angeles County, you're not going to. Um, so if you're going to buy it at Even tax with sale, a large nationwide company... Like yours, there's it's just, just the way uh, it is. Well, you know, it's there's there's too much at risk, and you know, because we're not collecting a premium mm-hmm. each and every year on a property, mm-hmm. we're really into claims avoidance and risk avoidance. So uh, we look at every situation differently and say, what are the chances of you know uh, a claim being filed against us? Sure. And we just you know we've been around for so long because we're good at what we do. Gee whiz, you're an insurance company. That's the way they are. We're good at that. <laughs> we're, we're nationwide, and you know we're we've done it in all states and you know it's it's the way we do business and we have a nationwide network and i know you have a nationwide network too with keller williams with your real estate profession and you can pretty much refer well yeah i actually have a new service that has been really kicking into gear very well where um you know somebody wants what they'd love to maybe interview me to sell their house but i'm here in pasadena but if you're in if you're anywhere in nebraska it doesn't matter where you are if you'd love to hire somebody just like me or find somebody just like me, it's a free service, and I'll find somebody just like me. I know how to find realtors, and it's really difficult to cut through all the the fancy stuff on the web because you would think some some there's some agents out there that are fantastic. They are very good, and they don't have much of a website. And then there's other agents that really don't sell at all, and if that's what you want, but if you want the fancy website, they may not be the best fit for you. I cut. I, I know how to cut through all of that because I have a database that I can go through, and I'll find somebody who's just like me. So that's a free service, and anybody can call me. By the way, before we 
um, I want to make sure everybody gets your contact information. Now, first of all, website, chicagotitle.com, www.chicagotitle.com. And Eric's email is ericmauer, E-R-I-C dot Mauer, M-A-U-E-R, at ctt.com. Eric Mauer, M-A-U-E-R, at ctt.com. What does CTT stand for? Uh, it stands for Chicago Title Trust. Mm. So we talked about tax sales, short sales. What haven't we covered? We have a few minutes left. I want to make sure we uh, we cover everything. We have two less than two minutes. Less than two minutes. <coughs> we okay. covered a lot. Well, you know, let me just little anecdote if I could fill in here at the yes. end about uh, some of the things that we've been seeing lately and uh, what a lot of our claims are pertaining to recently are. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of ID theft. Uh, forgery, identity theft. Um, we've got some great people that can spot it. Um, our title people are, I think they're forgery experts when they examine documents. They're, they're really good, and I'm always impressed on what they can find out. Uh, we've got a lot of yeah, people out there, you know, try to pull a fast one, sell property that doesn't belong to them. A lot of the current scam out there has been uh, finding a property that has no loans against it. And forging a deed and trying to sell that property or trying to encumber that property with a loan, unbeknownst. And who's going to know? The seller or the owner is not going to know, but you're going to rely on an expert in the field, um, a title expert uh, who's been, ex- you know, done a lot of business, experienced, can spot these things to prevent these these fraudulent acts from, from happening. And uh, believe gotcha. it or not, they happen. Well, the big things for me about talking talking to you for the last hour here is, first of all, use a real good realtor. And a real good realtor will be able to lead you in the right direction and help you with that title report. Get a copy of your title policy once it closes and keep that in a safe place, safe deposit box. Also, um, feel free to pick up the phone and talk to the title company if you don't understand something in there. Or get a real estate attorney, of course, to do that. And obviously make sure you're getting title insurance. And a large company helps quite a bit. Well, it does. If you've got that, you know, you've got that resource and this, that experience. I, I, I can't say that enough to, to go with a, a knowledgeable real estate agent and also a good, solid title company. Eric, you didn't make it sexy. This was not that sexy. <laughs> All right. Next time. Next time. I'll... Uh, thanks for listening to the Mike Bell Real Estate Show. We'll be with you next week with uh, actually an amazing developer who's, uh, who's, who's uh, an award-winning developer in California. We'll be talking about housing trends and where it's going and uh and everybody follows california so you can always reach me at the mike bell real estate show.com mike bell at kw.com and uh thank you very much for listening thank you very much eric with chicago title i appreciate your time thanks for having me mike it's great being here The opinions expressed in the Mike Bell Real Estate Show are solely those of the hosts and do not reflect the opinions of anyone at TalkZone.com, Keller Williams Realty, any board of realtors, or anyone for that matter. Always hire a real estate attorney when making real estate decisions. Do not try any of this at home.